the Make Share Grow podcast. I'm artist Julie Marriott, and I created this podcast to share behind the scenes stories of art, craft, and the creative process. Hey guys, this week I'm chatting with painter Lisa Jordan. She works from her live-in studio space in Montreal, Canada, which sounds like a total dream. Lisa creates gorgeous, sweeping, abstract paintings full of layers of color and movement. Her work evokes the rushing energy of nature as well as inner emotional landscapes. As we start our chat here, do yourself a favor and find Lisa's art so you can get a better picture of what we're talking about. You can find her on Instagram at lisajordan underscore. So it's spelled L-Y-S-A-J-O-R-D-A-N and then an underscore. Just so you know, you may not be able to stop scrolling. Her work is that beautiful. I know you're going to love hearing all about Lisa's art and process. So let's go ahead and dive into our conversation. Hi, Lisa. Welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you. Thanks so much for having me. I'm really, really excited. Yes, I discovered your art, I don't know, a a couple. I don't know if it was a couple months or a year. I'm so bad at time, but I've been loving following your work on Instagram. And the moment I saw it, I was just like, oh, I love all of your layers and your strokes and your mark making. And it's just so enthralling. I love looking at your work and studying all the fun details in it. And being that I'm not an abstract painter, I really admire abstract artists because I know how hard it is (laughs) to, (laughs) to make beautiful abstract painting. So I'm so excited to talk with you about it. Before we get started, would you, or getting, digging more into your work, would you mind sharing a little bit of how you got started making art and what kind of led you into making the work that you're doing right now? Sure, sure. I would just like to start by saying that I really enjoy your art also. And I really, really love the colors that you're using and all the different aspects of your work. And I'm a a very big fan of your podcast. So I'm really, really excited to be here today. Oh, thank you. You're really welcome. So for my creative um, path or story, um, it started a long, long time ago. Well, I'm not that old, but I mean, it, it, it wasn't yesterday. So when I was a kid, um, my grandmother would babysit us a lot so and she's a painter so it really was it started when I was maybe four or five when I had this little um envy to paint and draw with my sister so we would go down in her studio in her basement and we would just spend hours with her she was very very patient and I think she taught us just about everything there is to know um when as we start, like we, we would work with watercolors, with um, uh, acrylic, oil paint. We we really would we would try lots of different techniques. And when we're kids, it's just so easy. It's just so fluid and fun. So I, it was really really a nice way to start. And I didn't have any um, limits. It, it was just really really neat. And then. I started uh, studying high sc- at high school. We we had little art classes. I really still enjoyed it. I would paint a little bit, draw a lot too, but not. I was I was more into sports, and um, I was kayaking a lot on the water. It was my my big passion as a teenager. And then when I had to choose a, a degree for college, I decided to go in business, and it was crazy. I, I really hated it. It was, I thought it was a very, um, I don't know, like, uh, ease, not an easy solution because there's a lot of people in my family that, that studied in business, but I thought it was just the, a quick solution, but yeah, yeah, it, it, it went bad for me. I, I lost a lot of, um, a lot of, um, uh, confidence and, uh, lost my path a little bit there, but, uh, somehow, uh, I decided to go and study in visual arts because of this feeling I, I, I remembered as a child painting and drawing. So I, I got back to painting and drawing a lot. And, um, I did a, an amazing program at the university of Sherbrooke and, uh, I concentrated a lot on, on drawing at first. Um, 
explored again different medias even photography we did a lot of different things and um after after studying um in visual arts i decided really to focus on painting and uh, i've been painting since then that is so cool mm -hmm. have you always been doing abstract no 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 i did a lot of um different drawings a lot of you know the like when i was a, a teenager maybe a lot of flowers um different landscapes um i've i've always been very intrigued by nature uh, water also i i've really i i i really really like water so i've been swimming a lot um kayaking as i was mentioning before so yeah drawing a lot and painting landscapes yeah yeah. So how did you kind of find your way into doing abstract? I do, I do see like that you do some florals sometimes, but they are very almost abstracted themselves. Yeah. How did you kind of find your way into doing that as your main it was, theme? It was really an art school and we explored a lot of, um, we had this class, it was um, uh, art therapy. And uh, it was very, very interesting. It, it was very intuitive and we had to focus a lot on how we were seeing and feeling things instead of just representing what we were um, uh, looking at. So I, I, we had like these different little uh, workshops where we would um, look at, at something and just try to represent um, what we were seeing maybe more as a, a, a line, like as a feeling or as... Uh, like choosing a color with a sentiment we were having so I really 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 enjoyed that class I at first I wasn't sure if I would like the art therapy class I thought it would it would be maybe I don't know I I wasn't sure but it, it was really the the class I enjoyed the most and for me it was really um it was it was quite um how can I say that I have the, the perfect French word. Um, yeah, it was just, uh, a revelation. Can I say that? Yeah. Yeah. It, it went really into my, my, I don't know, I, the passion for seeing things differently and looking at, at anything in my environment and trying to, to find the right sentiment and color and feeling to represent it it was really there that I found this, this envy for, for, and, and it was really, I, I couldn't do that by representing something that I was filling with, um, something more, um, illustrative or figurative. It, it, it just didn't work for me. Oh, that's beautiful. I love that it came out of the art therapy. I think that, yeah, that is a really yeah. cool, um, area of work and I haven't really ever learned much about it. So that's really cool that, that your whole work came out of that. That's awesome. Um, so I am really curious. So in your, you have beautiful photos on your website and your Instagram of, um, your studio space. So would you mind giving us like a little tour sort of through your words of how, um, your space is set up? What kind of things do you have around you? What are your art materials? Just give us the whole scoop on that. Sure. So we, we have a really nice living space. It's, it's a studio. So, and we live in the studio. So we have two levels. It's like, um, a loft. It's an old, um, um, industry, like a, a place where they would, um, do some textile in like the, the late, um, in the 19th century. So it's, oh, wow. uh, yeah, the ceilings are very, very high and the windows are very large and wide, um, and high also because, um, they didn't have electricity in that time. So they needed the natural light to work. So it's, it's really, really amazing for a painter, um, to have all the, the amazing natural light. So in the first level, we have I have a tiny studio that I don't usually show in my photos because it's very very messy, and um, <laughs> it's not the most beautiful spot. But I really enjoy it because I can just store my paintings there and forget about them. Because as we live here, it's it's fun sometimes to forget about some of my work because I tend to go over and over and over on the same painting and 
it gets, it, it really gets bad when I do that. So I like to turn them over, forget about them for a while and maybe get back to them a week after. So I have this tiny spot. Then we have, um, our computers, um, a, a really neat living area where I can read. And, um, I also work there also on the sofa and, um, we have a nice little kitchen area with, an amazing coffee maker and yeah <laughs> that's important it's very important and uh we have our bed upstairs so it's i don't know if it's a very good tour but it's 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 small but it's it's amazing like we we really figured out um how we would we wanted to be very um effective like a uh and And we have like this amazing, uh, staircase where, where I can showcase my, my work so we can take pictures. It's, it's really the perfect space. Oh, that sounds so fantastic. I, um, I work, I have a, like a, a room in my house that I work from, but it's definitely like, I have to try to make it aesthetic. Your space sounds so beautiful. <laughs> so beautiful. I saw some photos of your space and I thought, wow, <laughs> it looks. Yeah, it's it's the corner, the good looking corner of yeah, the, of the this room. Corner, this perfect corner and the rest is just a mess. But yeah, but your corner is beautiful, really. Yeah, I think I think we might be the same there then. <laughs> <laughs> so so what are your favorite art materials? Um I I am always really curious as a fellow artist, like what are what are, you know what is she using? What is she, how does she get those that look of the way that she gets her paints? Like I see some sort of oil pastel sticks or things like that. So just tell me all about the kind of materials that you like to use. Sure, I have a lot of favorites. Um, my I really really enjoy watercolor. Um, I, I don't really use it on, on my paintings, like on canvas, but I do use it on paper a lot. And so it's always, my first layer is normally watercolor or acrylics. Um, I really, really like painting rollers. The ones you find like at a dollar store, these are my favorite. I use them in just about any way you can imagine. I like the, the fact that they're very spongy, um, I really, really enjoy the oil pastel also. My favorite brand, and I'm I'm not, um, like, they, they don't ask me to say that, but my favorite brand is Le Sennelier. Um, mm. I, they're very expensive, but they're, they're totally worth it. They're very um, oily, and they really nice, they, they leave this mark, like this perfect mark. I really, really, really like them. I tried a lot of brands, I'll, I'll probably try other brands also, but for, for the oil pastel, I, I really enjoyed the Synergie. And I also, um, I really like golden, the, the, the golden paints, the acrylics. I, yeah. yeah, they're, they're, they're expensive too, but their pigment is just, I don't know. There's something that really, it's, it's perfect for me. Like the, their blues, their greens, they, they really, they got me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they have, they do. That is something that I've noticed about golden, why they're the top of the line is that they have such rich pigmentation. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, it seems like you use kind of thin washes of paint a lot of the time where it's kind of translucent. And so that probably is really important to have that. Exactly. So it can still have that strength of color, even when you're putting it on thin. Exactly. And I tend to use it at the end, um, because it's so expensive, I, I tend to try to not use too much of uh, golden, but I also use a lot of Liquitex and I really, really like, I know you like uh, Liquitex too. Yeah. I heard that in one of your podcasts and I know it's really, it's good. And as a, a base layer, sometimes I, I think it, 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 there's a nice mix with the golden paint too. Their colors are a little similar. So I like to use both of them sometimes on my paintings. Yeah, for sure. I feel like my paintings are a total mashup of, yeah, what it is I have on hand. <laughs> and I have my like colors of different brands that I like the best. That's so cool. Um, so when you're painting, I love your paint roller idea or the technique that you use. Do you use brushes as well or what? any other kind of tools? I don't use a lot of brushes. I, I'm, well, I have maybe, um, I have a lot of brushes, but I use them maybe for some fine little details at the end 
or areas where, you know, sometimes with the, the roller, there's like the whites are not as thick as I would like. So I would, I come back with, um, with very square, um, um, brushes to just put some layers more on top to add this little um, detail that I like. So it's not as transparent as I, I want it to be. Um, uh, whoops, I, it's, sorry, I, I didn't, I, I mean, it's too transparent. So I'll, I'll add, yeah, yeah. yeah, so that it's, it's not transparent anymore. So this is when I, I use those little, um, paintbrushes or else, uh, sometimes the tiny ones, if I don't feel like, like, I don't think I'll be using some oil pastel, then I'll use those tiny, tiny brushes for, um, little details to just put, um, little, uh, dots or marks or, um, so yeah, but I don't use a lot of brushes. Got it. Oh, that's so interesting. Cause I was imagining like looking at your pieces with the big square strokes, I was imagining like big square brushes. So that's so, uh, so fascinating. Yeah, I tried to buy some fancy ones and it, no, it didn't work. I, oh, there's, there's one other thing that I use a lot that I forgot to mention. It's, um, I don't know if you've ever had some pottery classes, um, yeah, uh huh. Ceramics. They use like these. Um, it's not a brush, but it's it's like it's all silicone, and it. Yes. Yeah, I use that a lot. Oh, that's so yes. cool! So that for like kind of wide strokes, exactly for the wider ones. And it what is very neat about this um, um, little um, tool is that you can like pick the paint uh, from underneath. Like you can just. Uh, I don't know how to say that in English, but you can just like, um, take the, what, what's on, on top when it's still fresh and just like brush it. And then yeah. you layer on that was on the other surface. It's, it's yeah, yeah, no, when I'm saying, totally but sorry about that, but yeah. Oh, that's okay. That's all that. I think that makes sense. I yeah. It's like a, as I was talking, <laughs> <laughs> if only I could see you. Yeah, it's like a scraper tool, so you can really exactly, like move. Exactly, scraper. Yeah, exactly. Yes, that that is so cool. I've never used one of those, but I've seen them at the art supply store and always thought that they were pretty cool. Yeah, pretty <laughs> also, yeah. Oh, that's so neat. Okay, so um, how do you get started on a piece? Like, what are you thinking about um, that kind of gets you going? Usually it's, um, it really, really depends. Um, as I do a lot of commissions, I sometimes have to, you know, get back to this feeling I had at first when I was doing the painting that they have as an inspiration. They usually clients will always, they, they never want a painting like exactly, um, the same as the inspiration one that they're sending. But, um, I tend to be really, um, passionate about nature. So sometimes, but it, it really depends. I really like to focus on water on, um, I had this trip last year. We went to, um, it's, it's a place called the, uh, Camorasca. It's close to, um, it's, it's in Quebec and it's close to the, Le, the Le Fleuve Saint-Laurent. Um, it's, it's really a, a, a neat area. There's a lot of water, a lot of, um, different plants and rocks and, uh, a lot of movement also in the water. Um, and I, I, we, we went there and there's this tranquility over there. It's, there's not a lot of people. Um, so I spend a lot of time over there just painting what I was seeing and really with this feeling of tranquility and the different, um, rocks that were just you know, going in the water and, uh, we could see the rocks a little bit, this transparency. I, I really thought it was amazing. So I tried to focus on that on different works. And in the last few months, I've been very interested in, in flowers and how they, they die and the different personalities that they get as they're fading and dying, the, the different colors that, and pigments that, come to life as they're, they're falling apart. I thought that was amazing. So I focused on that. It really evolves a lot, but it, it tends to be a lot about nature. Usually. That's, yeah. That sounds beautiful. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And I was thinking, uh, looking at your pieces, um, that, 
they all seem very nature-based, like not even necessarily knowing that. Um, like you having said that before, I could just see like in the colors, they're very, they all seem like their colors pulled from nature in some way. Nothing is like synthetic feeling. Um, they all just feel really, really like natural, even though you have some brighter colors and ones like really chartreuse greens or turquoises or things like that. They all seem very nature based. So that's so cool to hear. Oh yeah. Yeah. I really, I'm really into natural, um, in, into anything that's very natural I'm not um well I use a lot of technology and I'm very happy happy of, to use all these different inventions that but there's really something when I'm painting or when I'm, I'm I feel like I'm completely myself is really when I'm in this trunk like in nature I, I really feel connected and I really like to to be amazed by it and and filled with it so yeah yeah. So cool. Do you, when you're starting a painting, like what are your first marks on the canvas? Usually, um, there's not a lot of marks. I tend to just, um, like little marks. I mean, I tend to take, um, watercolor or acrylics and just spread a lot of water and try to see where, where I want the movement to be going, like from, from the bottom to the top or from, um, I really tend to look where I'm going, where I feel like I would like to go in the movement. Then I let it dry and I'll continue the painting after and see if, if I'm okay with, with the painting going that way or, or in another way. Oh, got it. Okay. So you kind of, do you build up a lot of layers with drying in between? Yes. Yes. It gives a lot of, yeah, I really, I have to wait a lot for layers to dry and sometimes it's frustrating, but it's worth the, it's worth the wait usually. Yeah. Okay. That totally makes sense. Now I tend to do, I do do layers in my pieces, but they I tend to kind of paint on top of things that are still wet and stuff. So that's so interesting to hear that, you know, the different ways that artists work and how you have so many layers built up. That totally makes sense that they would have to dry. Do you have a lot of pieces going at the same time then to kind of make use of your time? Yes, a lot. Usually it's three or four pieces at the same time, but it's because of the, because my studio is small, there's only three or four, but I feel like if I had more space, there would be more. At this, yeah, mm. I like to forget about paintings and come back to them. That is so cool. That's a great idea. And I love how you said you have to turn them to the wall so yeah. that you don't overwork them. <laughs> exactly, because I, I, I tend to look at them and then just think they're awful and, you know, like turn them over. I, I Yeah, turning them over is just the perfect solution for a few days. And then after sometimes I, th- I, I look at them and, and I think they're they're nice and I, I know how I... I just know how them, how I'm, I'm going to finish them. Like there's little fairies that work in my head after a few days, they come back and it's more positive in some way. (laughs) I love that. That's awesome. Um, so what part of your creative process is the most like purely fun part for you? Well, there's so many, like, I really like everything about, but usually when I'm on the third layer, like there's, and then I add like this third, there's already these two or three different colors already in the painting. And then I, I, I pretty much know where I'm going at the third layer. I know where this is heading and I see where I could add some details. And I see that there's like, it's, it's on the third layer. Usually I know if it's a good one or not. So it's, it's always the, the best part. And then just adding these little details and just looking at the painting and feel like, like, that's it. That's the right one. Like, I'm, I'm really happy with this one. This is, this feeling is just amazing. It's, it's a most fulfilling feeling that I, I get in, in the process of painting. That's amazing. <laughs> I love that. So when you were, um, when you were working, um, in school and learning art and taking those classes, um, I know I went to art school too. So we have a lot of like rules, um, that our professors may be like ingrained in us. Although I'm not sure in the, um, more intuitive kind of art, if they had as many rules for you, (laughs) but, um, 
I think if you're in an art school, you kind of have this this way of working that's sort of ingrained in you. So when you moved out of being in the school environment and making your own work, what kind of things, uh, what kind of um, things from your schooling are you like breaking those rules and what sort of things do you still follow? Do you feel like? Well, there's a lot of things that I follow because, um, well, my school was very conceptual. There is not a lot of rules I would say. And that, that was really fun that we didn't feel like we, we would, we were very restricted in our uh, creative process, but there's one thing that one, that a teacher I had for watercolors, she would always put her, um, her paper in water before she would do any watercolor work. I don't do that. I hate doing that. I, I just have <laughs> the space for that. So I, I, I usually never put water on my paper before. I just, it tends to like get a bit messy, like not messy, but the paper tends to fold and, it's not the best way to do it, but I, I hate it. I don't do it. I, I broke the, the only rule she asked us to not break. But, yeah. <laughs> Was that like to pre-stretch the paper? Exactly. Or? Exactly. Oh, Water it. with some tape and there's a lot of different ways you can do it, but I, I don't do it. I just, I go ahead and put water and pigment on the paper directly without doing any process before. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> so your paintings all really kind of hang together. Like they're visually, they all, you know, feel very unified. Like even though you are exploring different color palettes and different themes and things like that. Um, and I think that's like how any artists, their work, as you develop a body of work, they start, you know, you start seeing similarities and your voice starts coming out. What, what sort of things, um, do you feel like have helped you develop your art, your unique artistic voice? I really um, have this, um, in the last year, I really got this sense of when it's a good time for me to paint and when it's not. Um, when I'm feeling a little low or not in a very good mood, and I'm usually, a, usually I'm always in a good mood. I don't have these very high mood swings, but when I do, I don't paint, which is, I know it's, there's a lot of people that like to paint. They feel like it, it gives them this, this little sense of accomplishment. But usually I'm very, I'm more critical. I'm not in, in a very, um, light mood. So I tend to paint like in a very, um, uh, weird way and it, it doesn't work for me. So I, I really, I know, uh, when it's a good moment and when I'm feeling good and then I can start painting and it usually it's, I get this sense of floating and this, this, it really energizes me in a, in, in an amazing way. So I really tend to, to try to sense this and I feel like it really brings the same, um, flow every time. And I think it really helps me to have these, these similarities in my paintings also. And also because I'm, I'm usually exploring some, some very similar, themes or, um, or emotions also. That's awesome. So let's see when, when you're kind of exploring a mood or a theme, do you, um, try to limit your color palette in some way, or do you just kind of keep your options open? Like how much of that is planned out or is it very intuitive as you go? Um, I don't limit, well, I do limit a lot my palettes because of commissions, but usually if I'm doing something for myself or as a personal project and it happens a lot, um, I don't limit, um, my paintings for any colors or it's really, as I go, sometimes I feel like I need, like, I just need orange. So I'll add orange. It's really as simple as that. But sometimes if I'm really into a special theme, like I was, I mentioned about, um, uh, flowers that were, were dying, I would really have these limited color palettes. So it really depends in what I'm exploring, but I'm really open to trying different ways to, to know, shake it up a little bit, just to see if, if I can turn, um, this project into something more, um, specific or, yeah, it really depends. Okay. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, 
so what kind of what are the elements of your work that really keep you interested and excited to keep creating or like things that spark new ideas of directions you might want to go like what are what are those things about your particular work that um keep you fired up um it, it's really new i'm very curious and but it's it's really new um uh adventures i would say We've been a lot in different cities um, in the last few years. We travel um, a bit. We, we don't travel a lot, but, but quite, quite a bit. And we've been uh, in Paris, let's say, last year. And I really thought I, I would have like these amazing ideas over there, but it, 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 no, it, it, it really wasn't uh, very inspiring for my work. It was very inspiring for a lot of other reasons. But really these tiny adventures close to a lake, close to water, close to um, let's, even the, the botanical garden is really a great source for me. But these little moments where I really have some time to, to, to explore or, or look at different natural habitats, it's really what what sparkles creativity in me i i it took a long time to to realize what it it took but and the, i walk with my dog a lot um in in montreal but in other areas also and this is really really amazing for me it, it always sparks these little ideas i look at lines i look at different textures i see transparent light into leaves and all these different little um, moments that I, I seize and I, I use them in my paintings. That's beautiful. Do you, do you mostly work from memories or do you collect visual things at all? Um, like online or physical objects? I don't collect anything. It's really visual, um, memories. I, I, I have some little, um, sketches that I keep in my studio of different, color combinations that I liked or, but there's like the work that I have in my studio are pretty much illustrations of other artists that I like, but I don't use them as uh, inspiration. I don't look at images online either. It's really these little um, tiny clips of, of emotions or little sparkles that I get as I walk with, with Walter or, or maybe different photographs that I, that I took while I was on a, a trip, but it's, it's really all uh, visual memories. That's so cool. That's so, so different. I compile like a ton of imagery and stuff. Um, and so I love hearing about how that, how you're so different in that way. That's so I neat. worked uh, with an illustrator for a project. I'm working with her at the moment and it's the same. She has, her name is uh, Joanie Ull and she, she has all these different images and she works a lot with um, images that she finds online. And as she's drawing, she looks at uh, tons of different um, images of, of the same flower that she's been working on. And I'm just thrilled to see that because I, I, I don't work that way. And I, I just find it so, so interesting and so different. Yeah. So what do you do? Like, do you ever find that you are, you know, creatively stuck in some way um, when you're just trying to sort of pull things from your mind? Like, what do you do when you um, feel like you're sort of lacking inspiration? It happens a lot. It happens a lot. And it's it's very hard. I, I really have to stop. I, I really have to step back and stop thinking about it because sometimes I feel like I'm empty. Like I I have nothing to to say and nothing to 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 put on, on a canvas. So I, I really mm -hmm. have to take a step back. Take maybe because I work a lot. I work on weekends. I tend to paint all the time. So I try to take a weekend off, do something else, and um, that really helps. Just stepping away, going for a walk, a run. I swim. I do other things that I enjoy, but I, I take a step back. Leaving a message. <laughs> No worries. <laughs> Life happens. I hear it, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so I just wanted to move into our final sort of three questions. Um, sure. Yeah, so um, would you mind sharing like a recent struggle in your creative practice and also a recent triumph? They can be big or small sorts of things. 
Sure. Um, well, the feeling of being in a rot is really the struggle I've been having in the last year. Um, feeling like I don't know if like what the next steps should be. And, uh, if I have to, cause I'm not in a gallery. I, I tend like, I, I work a lot with West Elm. They buy a lot of my paintings, which is really neat. And I don't have any struggles at the moment with, um, um, being like, I don't have any, um, problems. Like I, I have a lot of projects going on, but I'm always thinking like, is this going to end in some, like in a few months or I'm always a bit struck uh, stuck in that area. Like, I don't know if I have to evolve in another way. So there's this, this struggle that I'm having and the fact that sometimes I feel like I have nothing else to say, or I feel a bit empty. This is, and I know that a lot of artists have the same, um, the same issue, but what I tend to do in those times is just um, stop worrying about all these things and just focusing on the fact that I'll always have painting and that I, I will always be able to, to paint, even if it's just a few lines on, on a paper, it's still worth it. It's, it's still worth like a few marks a day, I think is, is still worth like the, it's still worth everything. Like it, I don't know if I may, if I'm making any sense, but yeah, that's, yeah, no, you totally are. That's the struggle. And maybe the recent, uh, triumph is it's, it's a painting I, uh, I made for, uh, for West Elm that I really, um, I really, really enjoyed making. It's called bloom. Um, I don't know if you, if you saw it online, but yeah, it has a lot of pink in it. Exactly. And a lot of yellow. It was just like, so, um, I don't know. There's something very special about this painting. I feel like I stepped, uh, into a different zone, um, uh, while I was exploring these, these more, um, uh, botanical uh, themes. And I don't know, I, I, while I was painting it, I really felt relieved. I really feel like I was in a different, um, area of my work. And I, I really thought like it was a diff another step. Uh, it was very satisfying. Yeah, that was a, a nice try. It's very small, but I tend to to have the these. I tend to like these little um, tiny moments in my paintings like that. These are the ones that stay. I feel like these are are, are the ones that we remember. Yeah, that's so exciting when you feel like you've made a breakthrough where yeah. you are like discovering a new direction to go in or something like that, where it's like kind of a door is opened and it's like, Oh, this is a whole different, you know, a whole new area I could go explore. Exactly. That's awesome. Yeah. It's like I know. liberating and very exciting also. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I kind of have similar things where I'm working in my, my art and you kind of do the familiar thing for so long mm -hmm. um, or for a while and where it gets like very comfortable or you kind yeah. of know how it goes. And then it's like, oh, you try something different. And then it's like, yeah, just opens like a whole new avenue that you could go down and explore. That's awesome. That's exactly the feeling. And it, it really brought another, like another theme that I would, that I enjoy exploring. And I was really proud of the movement and it was really it was exactly what I was, what I wanted to do, like in, in, in the theme of, of botanical explorations. Yeah. That's awesome. How did you start working with West Elm? Um, it, it's, it's, it's a very nice story. Um, my, my, I, I think it was four years ago, my boyfriend, uh, we, and I, we went to West Elm and I heard, I think it was in another city. I can't remember what city it was. And we heard about West Elm local and I thought it was really neat, like a, a very nice idea. And I was, I was too shy to go, but he really pushed me to, to present my work. So I, I went to Andrian, the uh, assistant manager over there and Josie, the manager, and I presented my work. They really liked it. They told me that they had these little uh, events in other shops that they didn't have yet in Montreal. They're, they were like, um, pop-up shops. 
Yes. Yes. I've done a couple of those ones. Those were so fun. So I thought, yeah, I'll do that. I'll try that. I was very, very nervous. And to be very honest with you, I, the two first was, it was really, um, bad, but it wasn't bad, but no one showed up. Um, I didn't sell a lot. Yeah. Maybe, I don't know, maybe, um, one painting or like one small painting. It was not, it was not very, um, popular, but, um, after a few, uh, maybe a year after of painting and, you know, presenting my work online a lot more, having a very, uh, a better presence on social media, I had another uh, pop-up and it was a huge success. It was really, it was amazing. I, I met a lot of people. So I think the girls at West Elm saw that, that people were very interesting and interested in my work. So they thought, um, they would approach, uh, the, uh, board of direction of local at West Elm in, in Brooklyn. And they, they asked if they could buy my work, my original work to have in, in the West Elm shop and they accepted. So, and it's, it's all my boyfriend that did that, the whole process of negotiating with West Elm to have my work over there. Cause usually it was only in, as pop-up shops, but I really have no idea how he did it, but <laughs> we need those people. <laughs> exactly. Cause I, I'm really bad at that. Uh, I don't know if I even mentioned the, a business word in this whole podcast, but he really, he handles all of that. Like all the, the negotiation there was to do with West Elm. Cause I know it was quite a long procedure, but now they, they, they really, they, we have like POs. I, I, I we receive these orders and I have to bring, um, like five or six paintings in a few months. It's really very well organized, but yeah, the, it's really the pop-up shops and, and, um, the, um, yeah, just trying to, to, to present the work in other, it, it was really with social media. Cause even if the work is really good, if no one, uh, sees your work and if no one is familiar with it it's it's hard to have a pop-up that that has a lot of success yes I totally agree I feel like that it's more the artist in that situation it's more upon the artist to kind of draw people in yeah. versus depending on the store to like bring people to you so yes, that, it's a mistake to think that because the store is popular um you'll sell a lot because people they, they don't go at West Elm to buy an original painting, but now it's, it's really fun because people go at West Elm to buy an original painting, but it wasn't the case at, at first. They really, they were going to buy furniture. So if I was there just standing with my stuff and they had no, like they were not heading to West Elm to buy some artwork, it doesn't work. Like they don't have, it, it, there's a process I think that they need to, to, to say I'm going there and I'll, I'll probably be spending that much for a painting today. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's such a good point where you almost, you almost have to like train people to, to like think of that space as being a place to get original art. That's so true. Yes, and I think it's starting to, to work a lot more because they, at first at West Elm, they were very stressed about the fact that if I wasn't there, they, they didn't know if they would be uh, they were they would be able to sell the artwork, but it's really been working great. Like they 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 do a great work over there. They they sell a lot and they don't sell while I, while I'm there. So it's for me it's 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 great because I don't have to take as much co- commissions as I had to, and they they don't give me any um, any uh, guidelines. They really, they give me sizes and I do whatever I want. So it's, it's amazing. It really. Wow. It's like, they're your patron. That sounds fantastic. It's amazing. I, sometimes I really have to just overthink it. And I'm like, how, how, how did I, how was I able to have this, this much chance? Like this is really fun. Yeah. Oh, that sounds fantastic. So, um, if you could own a piece by any contemporary artist or maker, 
who do you think you would choose? There's a lot of, uh, I, I really, there's a, I, I have so many artists that I, you can name a few. I'm not picky. <laughs> so, um, I would really, I, I, I really like Anne-Sophie Chegg. She's a French painter. She's still alive and she's, she's young. She's, I don't know how old she is, but she, she's not close to death. And, uh, there's also, um, Fairfield Porter. He's American. I don't know if you ever heard of him. Oh, I recognize his name, but I don't have a visual. He he really has this sense of landscape painting. There's something with his work. I saw it for the first time at the Met Museum in New York. And uh, he uses a lot of pastels. There's just this, there's this, is, there's something very special to me about his work. And it's really, really expensive. So if I could choose, it's not because it's expensive. If it, it was very cheap, I'd like to own one e- in either ways, but there is this sense of landscape that I really enjoyed in his work. Um, there's also Matisse for sure. I, 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 Henri Matisse, I would really, really like to own one of his paintings. I think he, he doesn't, he did an amazing series of work and, uh, Mayra, I don't think I'm pronouncing it. Okay. But it's Marie, Mayra, Kalman, she's American too. She's an illustrator okay. and she's still alive also. And I just, I really like her illustrations. They're, they're very fun. They're very um, deep also, but in like, she has so many levels, like kids can really like her illustrations as much as adults. So I think she really has this universal sense of illustrating. And I, I just enjoy her more, her work a lot. And also maybe, um, I would add, a Ken, um, I forget his, his last name. Ken Dunn. He's an, uh, uh, he's, uh, from Australia. He's also a painter. He's still alive too. And it's, it's just like a color fantasy. Really? He, Ooh. yeah, you should check his work out if you don't know who he is already. But yeah, he, in Australia, they, I, I feel like they have this sense of color. I don't know. There's something going on over there, but there's a lot of painters that have this amazing, um, sense of color and he really owns it. Like he, his paintings are really, really amazing. Oh, I will have to look him up. I love this. I'll post, um, links to these people in the show notes so then everybody can can figure them out too and look them up and get some inspiration. That is awesome. And of course, I'd like to own one of yours. If you're, if you want, we could trade one one day if you're willing. Oh my gosh. Let's talk more about this. <laughs> I was going to try to ask, but I think it would be so, uh, I did this once with, well, twice with other artists. And I think it's just an amazing way. Like we would trade the same size. Oh my goodness. I love this idea. I've done an art trade once before with another artist friend. And it's like, if you both are in it wholeheartedly, you both feel like you're getting the way better end of the deal. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But we love that. Oh, that's awesome. So would you mind sharing like what um, you're currently working on? Any like projects or upcoming things for you? Sure, sure. There's a lot of different pro- projects I'm working on right, right now. I'm working with Joanne Ull. Um, she's an illustrator, and we're doing a series. We're painting together on the same piece. So we're, we're trying to figure out, uh, at the moment, we're doing a lot of different tests. But we're, we'll be doing a few um, uh, art prints together. Um, I'm also working for another series for West Elm in Montreal. Um, and I'm also preparing for a collaboration with a lingerie, um, with, uh, I don't know how to say that in English, lingerie. It's like underwear, not underwear. Oh, but like fancy I, saw, I saw a post about that. Could you talk about that a little bit more? Because I think all of the um, promo stuff was in French. And so I was really yeah. curious, but I didn't yeah, know I how did. to get a translation. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, um, this was the first little glimpse of uh, collaborations we're doing together. But um, they did this project where I could um, do this. It's called the Bralette 
uh, with them. So I really picked the colors and what I wanted to, what I wanted the, the whole idea to look like. And the project is to raise some funds for, uh, can I say that? Raise funds? Yeah. Raise funds. Uh-huh. Funds. Funds. Sorry. Yeah. Funds. Yeah. Okay, so raise funds for um, it's it's a, a an organization here that helps teenagers that have issues with um, um, violence or, or drug addictions, and I thought it would be a neat idea to give. Well, they they give all the profits on these uh, different lingerie uh, to this organization. So this is the first collaboration we did, but we're working on another one for. Uh, for fall and it will be uh, a full series of of their like i think there'll be um pajamas and other lingerie but with my artwork printed on their on their tish, like on their um textiles oh wow that yeah. sounds beautiful so it's, it's i bet your work would yeah Yes, I think your work would translate so beautifully to textiles. Oh, that's so exciting. Yeah, I can't wait to see I, more I of that. I wanted to do that for a long time. And so I'm really, really excited to see it on textile soon. <laughs> awesome. Wow. It sounds like you have so many really exciting things going on. Yeah. So we will we will keep our eyes on you and see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been such a pleasure hearing about your work and like hearing how excited you are about it. And I just loved getting to um, know more of the behind the scenes of your of your artwork. So thank you so much, Lisa, for coming on. Well, thank you so much for having me. And thank you so much for your amazing questions, your time. And it's I, I'll, I'll continue looking at your amazing, amazing work. And your amazing podcast too. I think it's uh, so fun. <laughs> you're so sweet. It's so fun to listen to to all the different like the commissions. One was very interesting to me, and I hope these the second season uh, I'll listen to all of your different podcasts. I'm very excited. Oh, thanks, Lisa. It's been awesome. Thank you again, Lisa, for sharing with us today. Lisa's website and all of the art materials, resources, and artists we mention in the episode are linked in the show notes at juliemarriottart.com slash podcast. Thank you so much, you guys, for listening each week to Make Share Grow. If you have been enjoying the podcast and if it has inspired you or encouraged you, I would love for you to leave a rating and review on iTunes. It really doesn't take all that long to do that. Just right inside the iTunes app, just scroll down on my um, podcast feed and find the rate and review button. You can't miss it. Um, That really is helpful for helping other people find the podcast more easily in search. And um, I would love to just keep reaching more and more artists and creative people, which also reminds me, if you have any creative friends who you think wouldn't also enjoy the podcast, would you share it with them? If you would share an individual episode, it's really easy. You just can click like a share button within the iTunes app or even just tagging them on one of my podcast Instagram posts. I would really appreciate that. I would love to reach as many artists and creative people and just inspire them and um, encourage them through what we're sharing through the podcast here. So until next time, guys, I hope you'll continue in your own unique way to make, share, and grow. Thanks for listening to Make, Share, Grow. You can keep up with the podcast and my artwork on my website, juliemarriottart.com, and on Instagram at juliemarriottart.com.